0: I will follow you into the dark. Good morning, everybody. It is great to have you here. Wow, good job, all right? You made it out, you got under the tent before the rains came. If you're joining us with, with us online, I'm sure it's nice and cozy in your room, too. And it's nice and cozy in here, it feels good. Um, it's not so hot this week, and uh, we've got extra fans. Have you noticed that, the extra fans? Will you all uh, applaud extra fans? Yeah, extra fans. <laughs> clap for that. Oh my goodness, this is great, this is great. You know, this morning when, uh, last night we were texting and talking as leaders and going back and forth, you know, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, Um, look at the forecast for tomorrow, and um, we woke up this morning, we said, we'll wait till seven, we woke up this morning, many of us were here like 6 a.m., we're looking together, we go, hey, looks 20%, we don't see a storm on the radar, let's go for it. Well, 8 o'clock comes, tornado warnings are going off on our phones. We are that church. So um, you see, you hear the book Crazy Love? Well, we're crazy church. And um, praise God, it looks like Mike Nice keeps telling me it's clearing up. It's clearing up. It's clearing up. So uh, you're all dry. We're under the tent. We will not forget 2020. And we will not forget our summer tent series, True North. Now, now, last week, I brought up an argument that I've been having, you know, with a lot of people, you know, it's a time where we're arguing a lot, and, and it was really, what is the top five candy bars? And, and many of you actually chimed in on this. Um, last week, when I said I had gotten in an argument this week, you should have seen your faces. It was like, oh man, I know, I've been yelling at people too. You know, you should have seen yourself. Um, but... but um, yeah. This isn't a really big argument, but but for some it is. But Mike Nice actually did find in a grocery store and confirm that this actually is a candy bar. And and so based on that fact, I guess we have to say that this is the winner of our candy bar challenge. But, you know, don't celebrate Reese's Lovers. Don't celebrate. Um, Because, you know, I got another fight this week. and, And this one actually there, there was some more passion involved in that. And, and the conversation was, which is the best kids cereal? Has anybody fought over this? You know, so, so I've got right here a a few options. Now, as a child, you're forced to have these and, and it wasn't, they, they said it has to make the list just due to just extreme popularity. Um, but, but, does Cheerios not belong on the top five? I mean, how many kids were raised on this? So my staff said, you have to add honey, the honey one and then we'll, we'll allow it on the stage, okay? So how many of you would love a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios? Huh, online, yeah, yeah? I mean, some of you might be eating it right now online. They were like, what? And they say there's no God, you know, what? You know, oh man, you know, so I, I don't know where you're at. Um, you know, where, where's this on your list? Right? Come on, that'll preach, right? That'll preach, right? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Man, this is good, unless, what? Oh, when it gets soggy, this stuff's disgusting. Oh my goodness, I'll eat this dry over soggy cereal, right? Okay, okay, let's keep this moving. This is the Lord's time, so we wanna, we wanna. Captain Crunch? Yeah, right, right, Captain Crunch? Does this make your list? They're great. Yes. Mixed reaction. Eh, it's pretty good. Some of you are like, that's a healthy cereal. <laughs> Anybody, Fruit Loops, we got some reaction? We got some reaction? Um, I argued for Fruity Pebbles, but you know, it seems like that was the choice. Um, but this was the clear winner when I talked to people. Do you know what's in here? Anyone who would guess? Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> Lucky Charms, you can send a check for me doing this to what? No, no, that, that's, that's not true. Hey, hey, you know what? <laughs> Isn't it funny how we can get so passionate about things that really are kind of um, based on preference? based on what we want to believe, based on how we see it, based on what's worked for us. And in a time period, where there's a lot of self-righteousness, this is what you should be doing. No, this is what you should be doing. Well, I believe you should be doing this. Well, I read an article that says this, in a time period where there's a lot of different opinions on what is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, it's imperative that we look to true north, the word of God, the truth of scripture to dictate our responses when there's a lot of different thoughts out there. And that's one of the things that Pastor Doug has brought to our attention in communion this morning. Wasn't that great? You know, you had to do an extra practice there. You had to rip it open. How many of you struggled through that? You know, that was good. But um, we're, we're doing this. We're persevering, church. We're just gonna keep working through this. And our tent series has given us a chance to kind of go back to those days of the old tent meetings. Can I hear, see a hand? Has anybody ever attended a tent meeting? Like, yeah, that's cool. Well, now all of you can. And the younger generation, welcome to your first or, or many tent meetings here this summer that, that you're enjoying we wanna get focused on the truth. Well, this week, under this tent, we had our kids week here at church, and it, we did three days um, of, you know, you know, our typical day camp of hundreds and hundreds of kids. Well, we had 25 kids per grade. We, uh, we had a lot of mitigations that we had to work through to make the camp happen, and I'll tell you what, um, I was so worked up about it <laughs> and praying about it that I literally spent all three days, the entire time of camp, in our prayer room. Um, at church, and uh, I just stayed in there. I said, John, t- tell Ben I'll be praying in there. Monday night before our Tuesday, I would just... I, I just had this, you ever get this like anxiety that comes over you? Like, oh man, what's, what will that happen if this happened? And then you get all these negative visions and, and I'm, I'm thinking through this and I'm praying through this. I'm saying, look, if the devil's gonna keep me awake with anxiety, well then Jesus, you get a prayer warrior tonight. So devil, I'm gonna turn this on you. You're gonna try to make me anxious. I'm gonna pray. And I just started praying and praying and I would not stop until my heart rested. And it was about 3.42 that last time I think I looked at the clock that night. And I went to bed and I came into camp. I prayed over, I walked in the prayer room. At the end of Tuesday, I walked up to Pastor Ben, our children's director who was running the camp. I said, man, I, I have been laying you flat before the Lord. That's a line I got from Frank Denton. I, I laid you flat, okay? Um, I, I was laying you flat before the Lord. I was praying for you. And Ben says to me, man, I was like, Tuesday night, I slept so great. I had so much peace. <laughs> He's like, it was, it was awesome. I said, Woo! it was great and it was neat to know that my prayers for him and for our staff were being heard but you know what i had a chance in that prayer room to look through our prayer wall do you remember this from week of prayer and week of prayer you wrote down all these prayers and i had a chance to go up and look at them these are prayers that i commit to pray for this for our church protection Courage, community, these were all written in late January, early February. You folks had no idea what was coming when you wrote these. But it's so neat to see. We're praying for unity, protection, both here and revivals, to leadership, to always seek his will. We're praying for peace and quiet in him. We're praying not only for this church, but for the staff, for our community. I see growth, trust, Lord, that we would remain steadfast when difficult times come. These prayers have been laid out over the church for this year. We didn't know what was coming, but God had this church writing these prayers that sit in our prayer room, and your pastor, going through a time where he's just persisting in prayer, is reading your prayers, not only for your church, but for us as leaders. We have up here, I pray, Lord, you'll use me to support others, be a Barnabas, to comfort people, to help To help be fruitful in your vision to be a light in my workplace, to be a light for God, for others. Help out with the young and teach them your word. I mean, I've got all these prayers that you wrote. Do you remember anything you wrote on these? Maybe some of you have wrote on these. Every week of prayer, we try to do this. Lord, we're praying for protection from anxiety or worry, from selfish ambition, the desire to please people. We're praying against pride and and distractions and selfishness. We're praying against temptation, disunity, the devil, pride, hate, division. We're praying against, I saw division all over this. We're praying against protect us from division. How imperative is that during a time like this? I pray the leaders will be humble, love him, humility, stay humble, welcome everyone, continue to seek God first, stay in God's word, always share the gospel in a clear way so that all who hear the gospel will trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. How cool are these prayers? And I'm reading these, and every day I was in the prayer room during the kids' week, we had three days for two hours. We saw a little girl come to know Jesus Christ as her savior, amen. She sent it to the whole staff and they celebrated that. We typically have almost 150 teenagers and staff. We, we had a, a skeleton crew this year but they did a wonderful job and we were able to celebrate that together. Why do you go to the Lord in persistent prayer, why? Have any of you parents had a child that wasn't getting well? You learned about persistent prayer, didn't you? Have any of you know somebody who's walked away from the Lord? You know something about persistent prayer, don't you? Have any of you gotten a test result back and haven't told your family yet? You know something about persistent prayer. But I find persistent prayer is most relevant when there's someone or something I love dearly. I can't really control what's gonna happen to them. I feel very vulnerable and I feel they're vulnerable and I don't have a greater concern and I can't find rest until I get some answers. That's when I find persistent prayer really works into my life. How about you? Is there anything right now you're persistently praying for? That you just keep coming. What's persistent means? It means continually, firm continuing firmly, obstinately almost, in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I had no greater concern than our kids week. I, I had no one else to turn to but the Lord. Good luck trying to control kids, right? We had no control of the situation even though we put in all sorts of safeguards. You know the reality. You you just, I had no control of the weather this morning. We had no ability to rest until we saw the Lord deliver and we just kept coming to him and the Lord was so faithful. And, And even in the areas where maybe our prayers weren't specifically answered, he was faithful in spite we were asking the wrong thing. And God was good and used it but he taught me a lesson about persistent prayer. Where could we go today to leverage the idea of persistent prayer and come together in unity where everybody in this tent and everybody online would pray together persistently for something? That's my goal today. Join me in a word of prayer. I'm gonna share with you one of my top five parables of all time. And I pray it inspires you that by the end of this sermon, you're gonna have written down or gonna determine this week to say, Lord, I've been a quitter. Lord, I've grown discouraged. Lord, I've been letting anger win. Lord, I've been letting frustration win. Lord, I've been letting fear win in my life. But Lord, after hearing this parable today, I'm coming, I'm coming often, and I'm coming persistently. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Teach us persistent prayer. Teach us the value of it. And not only that, may we unify together around prayer. And may that be our anchor during this season where everything seems up in the air. Lord, one minute we get a little excited, the next minute we feel we're never gonna get out of something. And Lord, when we navigate those different emotions, it's difficult for us and you know that about us. You know our frailty. You know some things that we've done. Frustration has sometimes won the day. Discouragement a couple times has won the day maybe in somebody's life. But today I I pray over this tent, over anybody listening that inspiration from this parable would win the day. And your children would get on their knees and really actually do something in the midst of crisis versus just say things That lack foundation, and that do something will be prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Amen. Do you know the prayer? The do you know the parable of the persistent widow? I I love this parable. It speaks every time. It's an illustration of praying and not losing heart. Let's look at the text together. It says this. And he, Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Why did Jesus teach the parable of the persistent widow? Pretty easy, right class? So that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Is that always continual? Is this pray always, seek always? Is this what this is? Actually this always is circumstantial. This always is we ought to, we should, Always, in every circumstance, pray and not lose heart. Have you ever been praying for someone and you've kind of quit? Have you ever about to go to prayer and pray for something and you've said to yourself, I'm praying for this, but there is literally no way it's actually gonna happen. Don't expect those prayers to be heard because it's the prayers of the believing that we're told throughout the New Testament that get heard, Okay. We don't wanna throw up softballs to God like, God, I know this one's not gonna happen, but we'll go ahead. We're to pray believing. Can I ask you, what have you given up on? What has the devil told you to give up on? Who has the devil told you to give up on? And can I include yourself in that? Have you ever given up on yourself? Have you ever said this is the way it's gonna be? Have you ever gotten to a spot where you have nowhere else to go You have nothing that will give you rest. You have no control over the situation. Jesus taught a parable for those who are losing heart in prayer. And he wants us to hear it. Oh, so by all means, let's hear this. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither neither feared God nor respected man. Jump into a Old Testament survey for a second here at college. If you ever attended a Bible college, they would tell you in Old Testament survey, when you hear that he did not fear God, you would remember that that was one of the requirements of the Mosaic Law, okay? In the Mosaic Law, a judge had to fear God. That was one of his requirements. Well, there is a judge who did not fear God nor respected man. Good luck with this guy. He don't care what you think, and he don't care what God thinks. So there's only one opinion he cares about, and it's the one in the mirror, his. Jesus says, now, go ahead one slide, we'll read it. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Now I want you to understand something about a widow. They were kind of the personification of dependent helpless and vulnerable. You say, wait a minute, I'm a widow, I don't feel that way. Let me go back to this time period, okay? During this time period, to not have a man to stand beside your side and speak for you put you at a horrific disadvantage in anything that was official. Being alone, she was completely vulnerable to those who were attacking her. And being alone, she had no one advocating for her. Have you ever said to yourself, I just wish someone would step up for me? I just wish somebody would speak for me, right? For many of you kids, that's mom. And sometimes she turns into mama bear, right? That, that's a phrase that our society knows well, right? Uh, because she's coming to advocate. This widow had no one, dependent, helpless, vulnerable, like a little baby child in this society. And she kept coming to this judge and saying, Give me protection. Give me justice. I have people coming after me, unfairly treating me. And for a while, this judge refused. But afterwards, he started talking to himself. After what? After her persistence. He said this. Though I neither fear God nor respect man. Do you love how Jesus repeats that? I mean, this guy is making sure you understand he does not care what you think, okay? Neither, I do not respect men. Like, we think you should do this, judge. Yeah, whatever, okay? Like, well, God says this. Yeah, well, whatever. Do you know anybody like that? But something turned the table. Do you remember this story? Look what turns the table. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Any little brothers out there? You know how to bother your older brother and sister? Oh, yeah, you do. You know all the buttons to push, don't you? I, 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 you just poke, poke. You know what I used to do when I was a young person? My sister's out in Colorado. If she's watching us this morning, she's gonna go, oh, I remember that. I hated you, okay? I would come and stand at the door of her bedroom. I wasn't allowed in her room at certain periods. Like, Chris, you're not allowed in her room. It's your sister's room. So I'd stand right at the edge of the door. That's what little brothers do my glasses, my Buster Brown haircut, and I just stood there. And she'd have her back to the wall, working on something, and she knew I was there, because I would do things like sniff loud, <clears throat> make bad noises I shouldn't make in church. And you'd hear, go away. You're such an idiot. Knock it off. And you just stay, right? Younger brothers, you just, it doesn't affect you. That's why you're there. And then before long, she gets up, huffs across the room, grabs the door, looks me in the face, and slams it. And what do you do, younger brothers? You don't go anywhere, and you stand by that closed door. You're still there, aren't you? They peek the door, (laughs) bang, You slam it again. Why? There's really no reason. There's really no good reason. But this widow has a reason and she's gonna stand there. Go away, I'm staying. Slam the door, go away, go away. This righteous judge, get away, you keep bothering me. But because she bothers me, I'm gonna give her justice. I'm gonna weigh the scales for her so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Can I give you just a little something, just a little underneath the surface here, seminary, for a second. This beat me down, literally, it can mean hit me in the face, okay? but figuratively it can mean give me a black eye. Have you ever, have you ever heard an organization say we don't wanna get a black eye for this? This is where they get that. It's an idiom that can be used figuratively that says I will give her what she wants so she won't give my courtroom a black eye. So what is his concern, her or his reputation? His reputation. That is his reason for listening. She keeps coming and coming and coming and he fears the town's gonna say, can you believe he's not listening to her? Can you believe he's not stepping up to the plate? I mean, come on, this young lady, this widow, this person, she needs somebody and nobody, I I fear that I'll look a certain way. So despite the fact that I don't care about anyone, I feel like all of a sudden he does. I'm gonna give her what she wants. Let's finish the parable. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will I not give justice to the elect? Who's the elect? Those chosen of God, God's kids. Will I not give justice to the elect who serve him day and night? Will he delay long over them? You see, the parable of the persistent widow is a parable of contrast. And that's why it finishes and says this. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? Sometimes when we hear this, we go, what was she asking for? She was asking for justice. Let's put it in his context. She was asking that the, the judge would step up for her and weigh the scales and see that she needs help. Jesus tells this parable and says, you see this unrighteous judge who had to get bothered? And how many times have we heard this illustrated? And I don't think it's bad to say it, but it doesn't holistically take care of this parable for me. How many times have you heard you say, see, we need to keep coming to Jesus, keep keep banging on that door. That's why we're not getting what we want. We didn't bang hard enough, bang hard enough. Jesus saying, No, 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 this is a parable of contrast. That's what you have to do with an unrighteous judge. You don't have to do that with me. I'm answering. And it may not be the answer you necessarily want, or it may not come as fast as you want. How many of you are not good being sick? You turn into babies, you think it's not worth living. You know, like you're have, you sick for a day and the sky is falling, you moan, you whine, right? Some of you get sick, you go into your room, we don't hear from you, you take way too much medicine, all these things, and all of a sudden you're fine. Some of you just, you choose not to accept it. I'm not sick. Oh, you look bad. Uh, Nope, I'm not. Not sure this is the best time to talk about sickness as a pastor. (laughs) Fortunately, everyone in here is not sick at all, or you wouldn't have been allowed to come. But you realize when you look back, it was like a day or two, right? How many of us have been suffering in this pandemic for so long, but you look back, it's been six months of your 70-year, 50-year, 40-year, 10-year life? If you look back in five years from now, do you want to destroy your testimony, relationships in your life over your opinion during a six to eight to 10-month to whatever time period? See, our definition of speedy isn't always everyone's definition of speedy. And sometimes God does not answer the prayers we want him to answer while we're here on earth. You might be at home and saying, I pray for my grandmother persistently, Pastor Chris. But she's with the Lord now. Well, if she's with the Lord now, you got your answer. He called her home. He will bring justice. We can count on that. The other parables show us that, as well as our True North series, we discussed that. That we can take hope that it will come but we are to pray and not lose heart. I tell you, he'll give justice to them speedily. But when the son of man comes, look at his question. Will he find faith? He might find opinions, he might find frustration. but will he find faith? Wow, that's a good question to ask all ourselves. Am, Am I walking in faith through this or fear? Am I walking in prudence or recklessness? Am I walking in humility or defiance? I mean, this is the time where I really find out if I'm gonna actually apply the Bible or only use it when it's convenient. And I've gotta trust God and live in a certain way that he'll find faith in me when he comes. And so I look at this and say, what can I get out of this parable? Well, I think our true north principle for this week's gonna be this. I ought to always pray and not lose heart. I believe we're preaching this sermon today because somebody out there has lost heart. Somebody is kind of about to hit quit. They turned us on today, put it on their phone, they sit it by their library, wherever they're at, on a desk, their family's watching, or maybe you're sitting here in the tent, and you've been fighting with a broken heart a discouraged heart, a defeated heart. Maybe you're a mom and you're so stressed out about the fall and all this school talk has got you so worked up. One minute you feel like a woman of faith and the next minute you're petrified in fear. Maybe you're a husband and you, one minute you're like, ah, oh, this, this, this job's gonna be fine. And then the next day you wake up and it, it, the job's not gonna be, it's not gonna be fine. And, and I want this widow to come into your life and say the Lord wants me to pray and not Lose heart. This is why he shared this with me, because he knows there is a good chance I could lose heart in prayer, because it might not come as speedily as you want it. Oh, Chris, I I, I prayed, but I'm not sure if I did lose heart. There's so many people who say God didn't deliver for me, but halfway through their prayer times, they lost heart or they grew angry with God. God, I asked for this and you haven't delivered. You stink, God. They've taken back control. God, if you're not gonna step up, I'm gonna do what I have to do. After all, that's what I should do. And they've gotten ahead of God. God, if you're not gonna respond, if you're not gonna do what I want, I quit on you, I'm done. Everything in the Bible, not true. i done. Will I find faith? Or will I find reasons that I'm not good? I wanna find faith, God says. I ought to pray and not lose heart. So everything starts with me. So here's our mirror principle for today. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. He looks at his natural, oh, oh, look at that, look at that. Fix my hair a little bit. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. That's like somebody who would come to this tent or watch us online, hear that they ought to pray and not lose heart, and then tonight lose heart in prayer. That's like that kind of guy. So the mirror principle says, let's live this out. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to come together as a church. And I mean, everybody joining us online and in the tent. Okay. And I want to give us eight prayers. Feel free to write them down. Or feel free to follow us at FBC Perksey. Gabe's gonna post them after the services today, okay? Eight prayers that I want us as a church to unify together. They've been formulated by your pastors and your deacons, and then I've kind of put them and tied a bow on them, all right? And we're gonna ask our church to be praying these prayers throughout the True North series, Okay and that should end right around the end of August. I I say should, or maybe everything I plan now. I don't know about you, okay? If the Lord wills, okay, Um, that's the plan, okay? So we would like you to pray these things. There are eight things before we close today that we all can be praying. Here's the first one. Would you be praying for unity? Unity will be our aim where we see division, we're gonna be praying for unity and seeking unity. Now that starts with each one of us, okay? So on any of these you can put unity will be our or my aim because if we don't individually choose that unity will be our goal as a church or our aim, then we might be the weakest link. When I was a young guy, we stood in a circle to pray. We would link arms, okay? And, our, and our, our group, it was called the Watchmen, and we get in a circle, all right? We we're all 15, 16 years old, and we pray. And my dad was the leader, and he'd say, hey, none of us wanna be the weakest link, because that's where the enemy will probably go first. And so let's lock together and make even our weakest link our strongest asset. And we'd lock even harder, okay? I'm not sure that is um, social distance right now, okay? Six feet, I guess. We do seven feet here at church. That's God's number, not man's number, seven feet. So, so we do seven. But, but, but uh, unity, that is our goal. And, and I pray this. Lord, may each of us look for ways to be a voice of unity amid so much division. I want you to think about your social media church. I want you to think about how you talk to people. Are you going to be a voice of unity or division? I understand you're going to disagree with people, but I'm talking about as our church. Let's stay unified during this. I'm telling you right now, I fear division far more than a virus because division is what cripples a church. And as a pastor who's been meeting with pastors regularly throughout this crisis, going out to lunch, hey, I've had a chance to get to know a lot of our local pastors great. Okay, I know there are some churches that are outside on parking lots right now, so I'm praying for them that this clears up. Their service time starts pretty soon too. I know there's a couple of churches off Elephant Road. They're meeting across the street in parking lots. I'm praying for them this morning. I'm praying for the churches around us. We've had a chance to talk to to pastors, Living Hope, Calvary. We've been talking all together about how do we navigate this, not only as local churches, but universal churches. How exciting is that to see that many pastors are talking to one another in the area and, and, and seeking prayer for the universal church, not just the local church. Let's be praying for unity within the body of Christ. Here's a second one. I'm not gonna take that long on each one. That was the preeminent one, so I want to do that. Caring will be our focus. Lord, may we find creative ways to care for our kids, students, adults, and families. You know, you'll hear from time to time, "How come we're in the tent?" Well, one reason is so we can do kids' ministries right now. A lot of churches are meeting side, no kids, nothing. We believe in a church for all ages. And so we thought, what is the best way to meet right now with the least amount of mitigation? Now obviously we got y'all spread out and we're outdoors. What's the best, best experience we can possibly provide while navigating this crisis? And we chose the tent and God's blessed that and it's been great to see you guys out here, okay? And so that is the path we've taken for our tent series. And it's enabled us to minister to multiple generations even through this um, in, a, in a safe, and a very respectful uh, way. But please be praying as we continue to care for different age groups, as well as our Revival's pop-up tent. We haven't done big block parties this year, we've done little pop-ups and, um, and given things, we surprise a neighborhood and it's been a really neat response. So numbers are low, but oh my goodness, the response has been high um, because God has been using it in just these little nuggets. Third, that gratitude will be our goal. Lord, may each of us seek ways to offer hope amongst discouragement. I bet you can't go out to eat with somebody, okay? You you wear your mask, you go in, sit down, take it off, have food at a restaurant, or maybe you're like, I refuse to go out into society still, uh, wherever you're at. But when you're out there, Are you not with me that everyone's kind of frustrated and ticked off and most of your conversation is how stupid that is and how dumb that is. You can believe that, I hate this, drives me nuts. I mean, how discouraging conversation that is, right? I get drawn into it, right? We get so discouraged when we just constantly focused on what we can't do. What can we do? Could you be praying about being a voice of gratitude? Yeah, this is happening, but you've noticed God's done this. Have you noticed that God has done this in our family or done this for our life? Let that be our goal. Four, protection will be our plea. Folks, we've been praying heavily for protection, not only, not only from the virus, okay, but from the enemy and from hurting our testimony as a church. We really wanna be a testimony of this community. We don't wanna be what we use as a word tone deaf. You know, everybody's doing this, but we're gonna do, and, and we don't wanna be that for our community. We wanna show them the love of Christ and we don't wanna lose our testimony by doing something that's making a point out of something that doesn't necessarily be a point. I joke with Pastor John, I said, my defining moment as a leader is not gonna be standing up against the COVID virus. I'd like to at least be attacked for fighting for scripture. And so as we work through this, we're taking a path of humility, but we're taking a path of the least resistance we can do and still protect our testimony and protect one of each one of you who we dearly, dearly love. Would you pray for protection for our church and for our leaders? Uh, fifth, would you pray for perseverance to be our cry? May we just keep plodding along May we just keep growing. It, it, Pastor John says it feels like the church is living out of an, a, a suitcase right now, and we just wanna unpack and get back to what it was, but that's not the season. This is a season of living out of your suitcase a little bit and doing what you can, even if it's not what you really can do. Our church philosophy is go big. Think about, <laughs> think about that, that has not been the case, okay? Um, it's now go small, but that has really taught us a lot of neat things. Lord, may we uphold one another in prayer for discernment and strength during this season. And then six, scripture will be our refuge. Lord, may we seek refuge, peace, and direction from your word. I just read a pastor's article, he put it out. The article's title was called Turn It Off. He's like, would you like to have a good day today? Turn it off. You'll find that it'll be there tomorrow for you and not much new. It'll be the same thing. And you know what? No matter what you've said, you probably haven't changed the course of anything that's going on in your life. Turn it off. Take breaks. Seek scripture as your refuge. Seven, let's go down the hill here now. Revival will be our hope. Lord, may you bring revival to our community, our land, and your church. Folks, as a pastor, hearing from different people, I really believe there is a revival stirring under the root of this. And when we get through this, when we get out of this season of mitigation, okay, this too shall pass, I believe you are gonna see God flex in a way that we can't even imagine. I have so many emails. I have at least, some some people joke about Chris's summaries. So I went back and looked. I have at least 50 to 60 families that say, we will. Be coming to your church, Chris, when this is over. And they weren't before. We're meeting new people under the tent. They said, Chris, we turned on the Daniel series during the time of quarantine, and we watched it, and we love being a part of this church family. I said, boy, God is stirring up a revival. We might need a second tent, okay? Um, Because, you know, at Christmas, it'll be cold under here, won't it? Like, (laughs) just kidding, we're just kidding. We're targeting September, okay? But um, but, uh, revival will be our hope. God, you're gonna do something huge, aren't you? You're gonna, you're gonna do something huge, aren't you? I really believe that. And talking to other pastors, they see it too. And then finally, guys, let's close with this, that prayer will be our weapon. Lord, may you hear your church pray daily through this season. You know the Jews taught three times a day a lot of the rabbis because they didn't want to weary God? <laughs> okay, some of you, it sounds like a real good spiritual prayer. It's morning, noon, and night, and that's great. But they ended up taking that Old Testament principle and was making legalism out of it and said, we don't wanna weary God by praying too much. God says, you always ought to pray. In every circumstance, I want you to keep coming to me. And can I just speak for the Lord today to anybody who needs this? Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart, kids. I know a lot of stuff's been taken from you. Don't get emotional, Chris. Don't quit, college students, even if you're online this fall. Don't quit, pastors. Don't lose heart. Heavenly Father, may we continually come to you. May we not lose heart, even when all our circumstances, all our news, all our conversations, everything says otherwise. May we just be a little bit different and may it show the love of Jesus Christ to this community. We took communion today, Lord, you know our hearts. May we unify around these prayers and may we all leave here today saying, I am tired of talking about it. I'm gonna pray like it's my weapon. And I'm gonna fight this on my knees. So devil, if you try to scare me, I'm coming harder. You try to make me fearful, I'm coming harder. You try to break my heart, I'm coming harder. Whatever you do, I'm gonna get on my knees because it's the only place I have to go where I can really get answers, where I can really find justice, and where there's really no other plan B. You're my plan A, Lord Jesus. May that be the cry of our church. And would you protect us from this as we seek to walk forward as children of God, amen.